Ladies and gentlemen, the doctors in the house. This is Dr. Ron, host of Dr. Ron, unfiltered, uncensored. With this weekly podcast that's been going on for about six or seven years. And I do appreciate all the new listeners we are receiving. Uh, The numbers are looking great. And I do want to thank you about that. And um, today's going to be a little bit of a different show. I I had it all planned, but I'm going going to change it. Uh, we're going to start uh, diving uh, into uh, a fascinating subject area of biohacking. And we're going to start exploring uh, some cutting edge techniques and technologies that can optimize not only your body, but your mind. And we're also going to be harnessing and talking about and recognizing the incredible regenerative abilities of our bodies. So we're going to uncover secrets behind our body's innate power. That means it can heal itself. It can regenerate itself. And we're going to start exploring the latest advancements in biohacking. And and these biohacking uh, experiments, they tap into our extraordinary potential. But also... And simultaneously, we're going to continue to explore the transformative effects of having gratitude. Having gratitude and how it affects our overall well-being. You know, discover again with me, because I've said for years you have to have an attitude of gratitude. So let's discover how this mindset of gratitude can amplify the these processes we're talking about, this regenerative processes within our bodies. And uh, we'll try and make that link, that synergy between science and gratitude. So let, let's, let's get together and work together over the next weeks of, on these subjects. Excuse me. Because we have... L- limitless potential of our body to regenerate and let's continue not only during this thanksgiving time let's cultivate this gratitude in every aspect of our life so i think that's where we're going to go today Uh, i'm going to start off by just reminding you what hippocrates wrote and what i've been trying to say why you have to question everything We'll go a little bit into this because it's it's important. If you are not your own doctor, you're a fool. I keep saying that. He was right then. He's right now. He said some other things, too. He said, let medicine, let food be your medicine. 
How true is that? How true is that ultra processed food making us quite sick? Let food be thy medicine and thy medicine be thy food. And those that take the oath, it says in there, do no harm. And that applies to ethics and behavior that is appropriate, that is appropriate for a physician. So we have to remember that what Hippocrates said, the first recorded doctor, by the way, remember those messages as we choose who we want to participate with when it comes to the care of our own health and healing. <clears throat> So it's, you know, when we go to pick out a healthcare provider, he has to be one that has the ideals of Hippocrates and will work with us so that we can heal and regenerate. So even after the holidays, let's uh, start and try and make this attitude of gratitude uh, a practice. Having an attitude of gratitude makes you happier. But as I said, it can also make you healthier because a feeling of gratitude makes us see things from a more optimistic point of view. So being optimistic has been shown to what? Lower blood pressure, help keep a, get a, let us get a better night's sleep. It increases our longevity along with socialization and attitude of gratitude. And if we have stressful situations, we can come back faster with this kind of attitude. And you'll find, and you'll people that have this attitude of gratitude are kinder people. And it's you know you're not going to believe it, but we become more trusting, more social, more appreciative. And the bottom line, it makes us friendlier, and even deepens our existing relationships. There's a lot of reasons to be grateful, ladies and gentlemen. And we have to find them and and continue to do that outside of the Thanksgiving holiday area. So there's a list of things I've been telling you about, you know, the physical effects of, of, of gratitude, but you get the idea. So just a couple points today. I'm just going to go down a short rabbit hole. Do you know how much the GDP is of uh, the United States? $25.6 trillion. The U.S. spends one-fifth of it, $5 trillion plus dollars on medicine yearly. 85% of that amount is consumed by 20% of the population. 70% of it is spent on 10%. Pharmaceutical companies, hospitals, personal injury law firms are the biggest advertisers. Why? Because it reflects what's happening socially, economically, and it shows the result of government dysfunction. As I've said before, we do not have the best medical care in the world. We rank near the bottom in almost every, every category. 
So I'm not going down that hole today because we've talked about it. But, you know, between how much we spend and then get results with a headline like this from November 13th, life expectancy for men in the U.S. falls to 73 years, six years less than for women per study. Six years shorter for men than women, 73 years. This was published in JAMA. Just incredible how much money we spend. And worse for men. And, you know, we could go down this hole along the way because men are having less sperm. <clears throat> Fertility is decreasing. Uh, there's more problems with, with premature children, etc. Look how much money we're spending on it. But we should be concerned because of this of uh, this widening gap. Seems like uh, genetics may play a role, but I doubt that. That's always a good fallback. But it does seem like men, for some reason, now have a higher vulnerability to chronic diseases. Of course, the opioid epidemic. And the mental health of our nation is 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 horrible, and the, and the metabolic diseases. And really, as we go through these next uh, podcasts, we're, we're, I want to try and explain how almost every disease is metabolic, and we're suffering a lot of chronic metabolic disease and that's front and center. Everybody's tired. Our mitochondria wore out. Our powerhouses don't work properly. So there's a drop, a widening of the life expectancy between genders and overall life expectancy is falling. And I think by lifestyle changes and using uh, and that, that can influence our epigenetics. And we've talked about it. We'll talk, keep talking about that. So as much as you see that all the money spent on medical advertisements, it's billions of dollars. And don't quote me on this, but I think it's around $6 billion a year. Advancements in medical treatment are no longer sufficient to counter the ongoing public health crisis. So we are great at treating trauma, acute illnesses, but we have a very poor history when it comes to preventative care. You know, we had an anti-smoking campaign that did great, but we don't have an anti-electromagnetic frequency campaign. We're still not, I don't think, as conscious as we should be about opioids and antibiotics. I can't tell you how many times I hear, well, let's put you on antibiotics just in case. Well, that just in case is destroying our immunity. Okay, so we're not getting what we're paying for. 
We have doctors as the third leading cause of death between the mistakes and, and pharmaceutical prob, uh, reactions. So let's just talk, you know, we talked about an attitude of gratitude and the, uh, it makes our body secrete endorphins. You know, endorphins are natural opiates. They're peptide chemicals that are produced in our body. They react with receptors in our brain to help us be more focused, more experience, more pleasure, less pain, be in an overall better mood. I guess we don't talk a lot about them because the pharmaceutical companies are not putting any money there because they're not making money with something that could be experienced without drugs. And we don't talk about low endorphin levels, but they are associated with chronic pain, emotional pain, this, this uh, ubiquitous fibromyalgia and risk-taking behaviors. So these endorphins. So how do you how do you how do you increase them naturally? Well, one of the, one of the things is exercising regularly. You know, your hair you hear about a runner's high. Well, it actually exists. And this an exercise can mimic meditation for its mind body effects. And it doesn't have to be a runner. Go out for a walk. Go out for a swim. Eating a healthy diet produces endorphins because you get enough protein to produce serotonin. And I keep talking about processed food and ultra-processed food because they interfere with the brain's chemistry. And you cannot experience the effect of having endorphins from your exercise. <clears throat> so you want to include in your diet Amino acid-rich foods like seeds, nuts, beans, sprouted grains, vegetables like broccoli, spinach, or cauliflower. Antioxidant foods like leafy greens, sweet potatoes, squash, berries, healthy fats. Fats are not bad. Trans fats are bad but essential fatty acids from fats produce endorphin-promoting hormones. You get some of that from wild-caught Alaska salmon, not Atlantic salmon, which is farm-raised, Pacific sardines, coconut oil, which is a medium-trained triglyceride oil, olive oils, nuts, seed, and avocados are good choices for these healthy fats. And you know what? You can have your cup of coffee and your glass of alcohol, but don't overdo it. And how many times over the past, over the past couple of weeks, I talked about laughter being uh, associated with Parkinson's disease and depression. Well, laugh more, ladies and gentlemen. When you laugh and have a good belly laugh, well, you release endorphins. And you'll have an elevated pain threshold. The number one cause of centenarians living longer is, is relationships. Well, connect with others. 
volunteer, find a purpose. A sense of purpose increases your happiness chemicals, your endorphins. Have you heard of dopamine? Well, when you're, if you haven't, I'll tell you, three days after your body runs out of dopamine, you'll die. But dopamine is involved in a lot of positive uh, emotional effects. And and how do you how do you increase dopamine? Well, try a new hobby. If you're going to work, try a new new route. If you're walking, try something new. Challenge yourself. Don't shy away from taking on a difficult task. Because you could get a dopamine high and feel great. I don't know a lot about aromatherapy, but I've experienced it with essential oils. Especially in saunas, where in places where I've traveled. And that's linked to an endorphin release. You know, and every scent will stimulate a certain area of your brain, vanilla, chamomile, lavender. They can they are oils that are associated with calm feelings. And lastly, but not leastly, spend time in nature and in the sun. Exposing yourself to Mother Nature, grounding yourself, hugging a tree, Get out in the sun for about 20 minutes a day. Let your skin absorb the ultraviolet rays that can produce vitamin D. You'll have a good mood. You'll have a great immune system too. And you'll also help your body to regulate the release of chemicals like serotonin and melatonin. So endorphins help you overcome addictions, relieve stress and anxiety. You know, you get a release of oxytocin when you cuddle. Does that, does that surprise you? It seems, it seems that, that cuddling increases oxytocin and improves your immune function and helps your, your heart to handle stress. And I can't say enough about relationships and connecting to others. And in the Bible, they talk about fellowship, connecting with others, really important. Don't skip plant foods, plant foods, ladies and gentlemen. You know, a grain and a bean make a protein, so you can you can uh, combine them. Try and have your foods as whole foods. And as a aside, no matter whether it's organic or not, please wash them well. So endorphins are neurotransmitters. They're nature's natural opiates, opiates. And when they are released, we have good feelings of pleasure, motivation, high feeling of euphoria. We feel like we want to connect socially, 
and our pain levels will be controlled. But if they're not high, low levels have the opposite effect, right? You, you'll have more pain. You'll be a, prone to addiction. You'll be sad or depressed. You'll be looking down like a, these kids are with their phones. They never look up to, the, to heaven or to the sky, always looking down. So that's a, that's a body hack that doesn't cost you any, any money. I've told you about biohacking with methylene blue, which we're not going to go into today, but if you're feeling fatigued and methylene blue does, it affect your metabolism. If it affects the mitochondria. So you have more energy, but something I want to put out there is that the mitochondria have a bilipid, a two lipid coating as do your cell walls. And if they are gunked up with the wrong omega acids, the wrong fats, the trans fats and oxygen and metabolites can't get into the cell to do their, their, their magic, nothing's going to happen. So diet is very important. And we'll be looking forward to have Professor Peskin review the evidence for, for this with us. He is the person that I know that has the most knowledge of fatty acids. And he'll tell you why the medical profession has it backwards. We need more omega-6, not more omega-3. But that's a, that's a subject for another podcast. So there are a lot of things we can do to feel better, you know, and without spending a lot of money, we can block out our, our lights at night, right? Because uh, we have too much blue light at night, we will not have enough melatonin to get a good night's sleep. You know, we don't have to eat large meals late at night because they're associated with a lot of metabolic syndromes. Get outside first thing in the morning to get your sun. So it's, uh, get your day started. And I might add in there, since your brain decreases in size, something up to 60% to get rid of all its toxins, have a great big glass of filtered water you know, to re-energize your brain. We talked about sunlight, get as much as you can throughout the day. Try to have a schedule, going to bed and waking up at the same time every day. That's been studied. And eat a nutritious diet. As, as close to whole foods as you can get and you can afford. Just get rid of those diets that are high in fat and sugar, the processed foods, the ones that have long expiration dates. And, you know, they, the ideal sleeping temperature at night, they say, is 67 degrees. Well, so that might be too cold for people. So you find a nice 
temperature where you're comfortable and warm enough, but not too warm. And since chronic inflammation is the basis of most dysfunction, uh, we'll have to go keep, keep that in our podcast titles. And now we're going to deal with that. And people ask me, when is the best time to take supplements? Well, I think the best time is that most herbal and other supplements, uh, supplements should be taken early in the day, morning or afternoon. And something that I want to just throw in here, I think everybody should be taking glycine because it seems like Roundup, glyphosate, is affecting almost every organ in our body. It affects our, our mitochondria. It affects our brain. And glycine is available in a, in a granular form. You can use it like sugar in your coffee in the morning. Teaspoon a day. To counteract the, the Roundup, even some foods that are raised organically are sprayed with Roundup to, to dry them out as a desiccant. So ladies and gentlemen, I do want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving and may this attitude of gratitude carry over for the, the entire next year. I want to thank you for listening in and um, I hope uh, I can bring you some information during the next year on the body-mind areas. And I'll leave you with a Chinese proverb that if that says, if you're live, if you are depressed, you're living in the past. If you are anxious, you are living in the future. If you are at peace, you are living, living in the present. So enjoy your day, enjoy your family and friends, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. Hey everybody, Dr. Ron's finished for the day. I hope you got some good wisdom for what the man had to say. If it's all about good health, he's the man you got to see. He has a lot more answers for you. So tune in next week when the doctor is in the house. Or when the doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. I'm sure he can tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. So if you have a pain, call the doctor. If you have a strain, call the doctor. Let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. See you next week. <laughs>